All right. Come on, welcome you guys to NCC, and welcome to At The Movies. Um, this is uh, the third week that we are looking at different movies and talking about what the Bible has to say about some of these similar themes or stories. Uh, my name is Caleb Bagby. I'm the student pastor here at NCC, and so glad to have you all. If it's your first time, and welcome. We really are glad that you're here at New Community Church. If you're watching online, thanks for checking it out. Um, you guys having a good week so far? Anyone in the room? A few people? Okay. Well, it is really good to see you. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed last Sunday, our Sabbath Sunday. Uh, we didn't meet here, but started to practice Sabbath together. And I mean, just for myself and our family, it's become such a really important part of our week that we spend 24 hours, that we stop work, enjoy rest, we practice delight, and we contemplate the Lord. And that, that kind of rhythm has been really, really big for us to just spend some time actually enjoying the good things, enjoying the life God has for us now, and not waiting until some years later to actually enjoy the good things God has. So I hope that it continues to be um, a practice that you um, that you put into place, starts to be a regular rhythm for you and your family, because uh, it's been super helpful for us. Uh, but we're glad you guys are here. It's our week of At The Movies. Uh, we have a couple weeks left, which will be really fun. And this morning, we're talking about a superhero movie. How many of you guys like superheroes? Anybody? Come on. And let me hear you. You like superheroes or not? Well, superheroes are super fun. I want, I want to know who your favorite, who you think is the best superhero, okay? I'm going to give you three seconds and you yell it out who you think of the best superhero is. Three, two, one. All right. Jesus is, that's correct. Um, but this morning, I mean, I heard a few of you say some good answers. Some of you said Spider-Man, which is the only right answer this morning, okay? So if you have a problem with that, we can talk later, um, but it doesn't really matter because we're talking about Spider-Man today, all right? We're talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and uh, if you haven't seen this movie, that was the trailer there at the beginning. Um, it's a really fun movie. I'm a personal big fan of Spider-Man, um, and then as an artist, this movie's super fun. They did a really great job just visually and how they told the story. But as we get into this movie, we're going to show some clips um, and look into the Bible and see how these things kind of parallel and what God's Word is saying about a similar theme and story. And so as we go into this movie and kind of looking at this main character of Miles Morales, and um, I want you to first get a picture of kind of who he is as a person, and then we'll continue to talk a little bit more about this story of Spider-Man. So we're just going to jump right into a clip as you see who Miles is. Now some of you are like, Yep, that's my dad. Or you're like, that's me. I'm the dad. <laughs> but this is Miles, and Miles is like, he's kind of embarrassed. He wants to go to school with his friends, but he's going to this other school. He's kind of annoyed at his dad for calling him out. And um, Miles like wants to be like everybody else. He wants to fit in. Like he feels like kind of like an outcast. He feels kind of separated, and he feels like he's standing out because he's being embarrassed. He's being annoyed. And, I mean, we watched the whole movie, and this is right at the beginning, where Miles is already having a hard time with, like, wanting to be like everybody else. And then you watch the whole movie, and by the end of it, you realize, spoiler alert, Miles is Spider-Man. So he's pretty different. Whether he likes it or not, Miles is different from everybody else. And, like, he's not going to fit in quite the same with everyone. And this is so true of all of us, like, in our own lives. And... I mean, as teenagers, it may be a little bit more obvious. We want to fit in and be like everyone else. But as we get older, it doesn't necessarily go away. It just may seem a little bit less obvious. But we don't really like to stand out. Because when we stand out and there's something that's different about us and everyone notices that, like, it could be kind of awkward. 
And like growing up, I've worn glasses my whole life. Anyone in the room need uh, some corrective eyewear? A few people, okay? Well, I'm wearing contacts right now. So um, I wear glasses on a regular basis since I, was, since I was little. And when I wear my glasses, the uh, lenses in my glasses actually magnify my eyes a lot. I don't know if some of you might be able to relate to me, but when I put on my glasses, my eyes get bigger and everybody notices it. And it's like every time I wear them, I'm, I put them on, I think like, cool, like I look good. I like the way they look. And like, it's kind of a fashion thing. Like glasses are back in style now. And so I'll wear my glasses feeling good. And then like everyone notices and everyone points it out. Like, dude, your eyes are so big. Like I had no idea before. Like, Really? Oh my gosh. Well, this is news to me. And so then they want to try them on, right? So they try on my glasses. Like, I want to see through them. They look through them. They're like, dude, you're so blind. Like, I know. And then I get all embarrassed and sort of self-conscious. And so I'm like trying to explain it to them. Like, it's not as bad as you think. Like, I got astigmatism. And like those words over there, I can read them. Like, it's not as blurry as you think it is. Like, I can see better. I can more, I'm more like you than you think I am. And then by then they're bored and it's not even a deal. But like standing out, it could be awkward. And when I was in high school, maybe working on some tests, or, and I'm like finishing it up and like going as quick as I can because I'm like just getting it. And then I walk up and put it on the teacher's desk. And you walk up like in front of the whole class when you do this. You put it on the desk, and everyone else is still working on their tests. Like no one else has gotten up. And now I'm walking back, like first person, and everyone's like looking at me. Like, did this guy even try? Or like, it's so annoyed at me for actually getting done already. And I felt weird, and I didn't like that. And so the next time... I just start looking at my paper and I just start flipping it over when I'm done and just wait for someone else to go first because I don't want to stand out. Like it's awkward when we stand out to people. And this is something we can all relate to. But just like Spider-Man, you look at the whole movie, you realize he's Spider-Man. Like he wasn't supposed to be like everybody else. Spoiler alert, you look at our life, we're not called to fit in. We're not called to look just like everybody else. And it may not be obvious now, but when you look at our life and our relationship with God, we're not called to look just like everyone else. And the Bible makes a really clear difference between heaven and earth. It makes a difference between our natural will and God's will, his intentional plan for our lives. And so if you brought heaven down to earth, if heaven was like in this spot in Dallas and the rest of the world around it, then that would look different. Right, like people would notice there's something about that place because it looks different. Heaven's not supposed to look the way that the world does now. And so God has called us to reflect him, reflect heaven in everything we say, everything we do, the way we live. And so if we do that, people are going to notice. We're going to look different and we're going to stand out because we're not called to look just like everybody else. Because God has called us to something that's way bigger than where we are right now. What you see now isn't the end. God has so much more for you. He has more for your family. He has something bigger for us. And when we watch Spider-Man, you watch any Spider-Man movie, this, there's the theme, this phrase that always comes up. They referenced it in that first clip. With great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. And this theme is really true for us, even in practical ways. If you're at work and you get a promotion, it con- that great power, it comes with a great responsibility, right? Like you have maybe people looking up to you now. Maybe you're the one who's actually managing those finances or that money, things that people depend on. You have more responsibility with a greater role. Maybe any parents in the room, with the great power of a child, comes some responsibility, right? With another child, comes a little more responsibility, right? Like they come with a responsibility, this great power, 
Students in the room, when you get those keys in your hand and you're able to go drive out in the street on your own, that awesome power, that comes with responsibility. Because you're, not, you're now the one who has to watch the road. You have to be careful of, a driver, of the other drivers. You can't be on your phone scrolling through Instagram all the time because you're the driver. With that power comes responsibility. This is a natural fact in our life. With great power comes great responsibility. And so I want to look at our relationship with God. When we think about this theme, great power, great responsibility, and our relationship with God, how does this translate? Well, I want to go to John chapter 14. And so if you have a Bible, you can open it up to John, the book of John, just right in that New Testament. There might be, there's a Bible in front of you under one of the seats. You could grab that blue Bible. And if you're grabbing one of those, it's on page 525. I encourage you, pull open the scripture somehow. Maybe it's on the app on your phone, or you have a Bible with you, or there's a Bible right in front of you. Everyone should be looking at the scripture with us as we read, as we continue to put scripture inside of us and see what it has to say. And so we're going to start in verse 12 and read a few scriptures here so we can follow along together. If you're there in the book of John chapter 14, let me hear you say, yeah. yeah. Come on. That means everybody's there. Here we go. In verse 12, this is what it says. Truly I say to you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. In this first line, how incredible is this? Jesus is saying, whoever believes in me, whoever's relationship with me, will do greater things than you've seen me do. Like, that's amazing. So we already recognize there's power in this relationship. And in verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And right here you see there's a distinction being made between those who have a relationship with Christ and those of the world who aren't able to receive or see the Spirit in his work in their life. And then he says, Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And this relationship of us with Christ is one, and we do this together, that God is in us, that we are in him, and that relationship is one together. He says in verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judas says to Jesus, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so when we look at the scripture, what is it saying? That our power, when it comes to our relationship with Christ, the power comes with that relationship with Christ. Our relationship with Christ comes with great power. Because in that relationship, we carry God with us. And that means we have access to the power of Christ. And he says, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me, whoever has relationship with me, will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. So Jesus says, 
If you have a relationship with me, you're going to do even greater things than you've seen. Like there is power in our relationship with Christ. That we have access to power, we have access to greatness, we have access to healing, we have access to freedom because we have a relationship with God. Because God is in us, that we are in him, that one together, we are living this life with the Lord and not just on our own. And then this is what Jesus says a little bit later about that relationship. I will ask the Father. He'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. So he's given us the Holy Spirit to help us do all that God's asking us to do. And in that relationship, the power comes from that relationship, from living life with Christ. That's where our power comes from, because we have access to it. And then with that power comes great responsibility. So what is that responsibility for us? In the relationship with Christ, our power comes from him. What is our responsibility? To keep his commandments. To keep his commandments. To keep his word. To continue it on. To move it into action. And this is what he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And this phrase, to keep, is also translated to obey, to keep moving forward, that we move it into action, that it starts to affect our life. And so what Jesus is saying, if you love me, you'll do what I've called you to do. You move it into action. It'll change the way that you live. And so our relationship with Christ comes with the power of Christ in us that we carry with us and then comes with the responsibility to do what he's calling us to do. That we recognize in that relationship, God knows better than we do, even for our own life. And so we trust him and we let him guide us and lead us into bigger things. And you might be sitting here as we talk about this and think, man, that's big, like that's really cool and all. And I've seen God do some cool things in like other people's lives, like through them. And maybe in the Bible, like you read about people God's working through, but like, that's not me. Like, I'm not ready for that. Like, I'm not ready to, to do like those big things. Like I don't, I'm not the guy that God's asking. Like it's not, I'm not the one that he needs. I'm not prepared for that. I'm not good enough for that. And you get, start to get worried. Like if I sit down and let God just call me to anything, like what if he asked me to do something that's really uncomfortable? like something I don't like to do. Then we get worried and we get scared to even let God speak to us because we get worried about what he's going to ask us to do. Or what if he's going to ask me to like relocate my family? Or what if he's going to ask me to give away something that I really care about? And we get start, start to get worried, never even let God speak to us and never really realize what he has for us because God has good things in store. He has bigger things for our life than where we are now. We have to let him speak, and we have to be willing to listen and willing to go and do what he's asking us to do. But we often feel not good enough and not prepared. A lot like Miles in this movie, and I want to show you a clip where he just isn't feeling like prepared, good enough to do what he's like meant to do, and we often feel just like this. And so a lot of times we feel just like that, or we don't feel like good enough, we don't feel prepared, like God, you need somebody who's much more qualified than me to do what you're asking me to do. I just, I'm not the person you're looking for. And just because you don't feel ready doesn't mean that you're right. Just because you don't feel ready doesn't mean that you aren't ready. 
And we read about in the Bible all kinds of people who didn't feel qualified right away when God was calling them to something bigger. And Moses, he's a really good example of this in chapters 3 and 4 of Exodus, where he's having this conversation with the Lord. And like God's speaking to him through a burning bush that's not being consumed, but it's on fire. He's talking directly to him. And so we read about it and we think, Moses, you crazy? Like, you have this crazy encounter with the Lord. Like, you better trust him. Like, you better, like, obey what he's asked you to do. And Moses, he's still having these concerns and worries about himself, feeling like he's actually prepared. And so Moses, he's like, who am I? Who am I to go talk to Pharaoh? He's like, God, you got it wrong. Like, they're not going to listen to me. I don't think, I don't know if you know this, but those guys are not going to listen to me, God. And so Moses is having all of these problems and then God gives him these miraculous signs to show and say, use these to prove that this is a word from the Lord. And even with these miraculous signs, Moses is still like, I don't know. Like, I'm, you're God and all, but like, I don't know if they're actually going to listen to me. Like, I don't know if you know this. They're not going to listen. And even with those, with those signs, Moses is like trying to come up with an excuse. And he says, God, I'm not good with words. Like, I can't speak well. And so you got the wrong guy. Like, you're probably going to need to find somebody else. And God's like, who's the one who even made your mouth in the first place? Who's the one who gives you the words to say in the first place? And so God is reminding him, I'm going with you to do this. And he's having this struggle. But when we look and see what happens after Moses steps into what God has for him, the the freedom and the, the victory that comes for the people of Israel being released from their slavery in Egypt because of what Moses was doing and, and stepping out and doing what God called him to do. And when we look at our life, when we say we're not good enough, when we say we're not ready, like, we're kind of right. Like, we're not good enough. But that's the point, is we're not good enough alone. We're not good enough on our own. And these are what God's calling us to do. We could never do by ourselves. But that's the point, because God's not saying, hey, go do this on your own. Come back and report to me. Tell me what you find. Tell me how you did, and I'll give you a score. God's saying, I want to go with you. Like, this is what I want to do through you, with you. And so we go alongside the Lord and go and do these things. And it's about God's power in us and through us, because the power comes with that relationship, being one together, and not just us doing it on our own. And so when we're not good enough, we're not ready, that's the moment where God can work through us. That means that we are in the right spot, and it just takes us stepping out. And I want to encourage you, what God has called you to do, he has equipped you to do. What God has called you to do, he's going to equip you to do. And this doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it does mean that God is with you, that God is going to give you what you need to make it happen, that God is going to provide the resources necessary to get done what he says is going to get done. That Moses, he wasn't any, he was just some guy. He wasn't like the one who makes sense to go talk to Pharaoh and tell him to let those people go. But God is somebody that they're going to listen to. And God wants to work through us and do it with us. So what he's calling you to do, he's going to equip you to do. He's going to provide what is necessary to get it done. And so it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but what this does mean is that you can do it. What God's calling you to do, you can do it because it's God's power through us. And I'll tell you, it's going to be worth it on the other side. But it just takes a leap of faith. So it just takes a leap of faith. For us to step in and do what God's asking us to do. And so I want to ask you, what is that leap of faith for you? Like, think about your life right now. 
in this season, in this moment, what is God asking of you? What is he asking of your family? Because it just takes a leap of faith to see the great things that God has for us. Because he has more for us than what we see right now. Where we are, this isn't the end. Like God has more. There's so much more he wants to show us, but it takes us stepping into it, taking the leap of faith to see it. And for us to see it, we have to be obedient as God leads us. And so what is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? And I want to think really practically. Maybe this isn't like a huge life-altering decision, but maybe it's just this next step. What is God asking of you now? Because as we get in this rhythm of hearing his word and we obey it, then we start living the life that God has called us to live in the first place. What is that thing that when you sit down to pray, every single time it just keeps coming up in your mind. It's like you can't get past it. And then you get worried about even sitting down to do that because you don't want to think about it anymore. Or when you open your Bible, it, can, it seems to just keep talking about that exact same thing. That God keeps reminding you of it. And it's hard to even talk to him sometimes because it just keeps coming up and you get worried or nervous about what it is he's asking you to do. God is calling each of us to something right now. So what is he calling you to do? And it might be reaching out to that family member you haven't talked to in years. Maybe it's extending forgiveness to somebody that has hurt you really bad in the past. Or maybe it's looking at your calendar and rescheduling some things because the things that should have priority in your life actually don't. It could be simple things. And maybe it's big things. Maybe it's giving away something that's really important to you that God is asking you to. I don't know what it is. But God is calling each of us to something right now in this season. Because he has something bigger for us. And it's going to take a leap of faith to get there. And so I want each of us to be really practical about it. So I'm going to give you a minute here. And I want you to just, like I'm just going to be quiet. I want you to think, reflect, and let God bring those things to the surface. And as they do, pull open a notepad. Pull open your phone somewhere you could write something down. And write those things down. This is how we take it from here and put it into action. That if we just think about it and think, oh, that's a cool idea. Like I'll get back to that. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. But we're being serious today and saying, like, what has God asked me to do? I want to put it into action. I want it to change the way I live. And so we're going to write it down. And we're going to take it from this room and implement it, apply it to our life. And so I want to just give you about a minute. Think and let the Lord speak to you. And as he reveals something to you, what that next step is, what it is he's calling you to do, go ahead and write it down right in front of you. Now, there's one more clip from the movie that I want to show you and bring some context to kind of what it looks like um, after taking that leap. But before we do, this is something that should be regular in our life, that we sit down and we're quiet and let the Lord speak to us, and we hear his voice leading us into something more. And then we write it down, we, we talk to someone about it, and we actually make it a part of our life. 
This is our regular walk with Christ because he has something more for us and we'll never know it if we never sit down to let him speak. And so just remember this practice that we would sit down and be quiet and let the Lord speak to us so that we start to see what he has for us and we start to live the life that he has. And so in this last clip, it, it shows Miles as he takes that leap of faith and um, actually comes into his own. He starts to accept his powers. He, he dives into this life where he's different, but this is the kind of life that he was meant to live from the very beginning. So go ahead and check this out. Now it's time for us to actually do it. We wouldn't just keep thinking about it or just continue to avoid conversation with the Lord, but it's time for us to do it. And let's not wait any longer because God's calling us to something bigger, something greater. It might be a small step now, but we got to do it. it take that leap of faith. And so for us to do that, there's another step involved, and that's to write down a plan. So pull up in your notes again, if you already put it away, get it in front of you. You see what it is God's asking us to do, or asking you to do. And now I want you to think about this week. What is the day? What is that time, the moment you're actually going to do what God's asked you to do? Because we're going to get real about it. We want to actually make it happen. So what's the plan? I want you to think about that. And as, you, as it comes to your mind, write it down. When's the moment you're actually going to do that? We're not going to wait any longer. I can tell you the sooner you do it, the better it's going to be. The later we wait, the harder it gets. When I was little, I used to like jump off the diving board or like try to do tricks or whatever. And if you're standing there trying to do a backflip off the diving board, like the longer you stand there, the harder it gets. And the less you're going to want to do it. And so let's not wait until the point where we just give up. Let's do it now. Let's take the leap of faith and do what God's asking us to do. So you have the step. Then you have a plan. And the one last thing is you need to tell somebody that plan. You need to tell somebody about what you're going to do. Someone else in your life needs to know what is God calling you to do and what is your plan to make it happen. This is how we keep each other accountable. We are a community that we build each other up and make sure that we start living the life that God has for us. So someone else needs to know. Maybe it's the person next to you. You could tell them now. Or somebody you can go ahead and text. Tell them your plan. Say, this is what God's calling me to do. And this is when I'm going to get it done. And I want you to check up on me, make sure I'm taking those steps. Because I don't want to live this life I'm living right now for the rest of my life. I want to see greater things. I want to see better things. And so I'm going to take that step into what God's asking me to do. Because it's important to me. It's silly to think we're going to do it on our own because up to this point, we haven't. And so let's get some people alongside of us that will help us to make sure we get it done. And I'm telling you, when we take that leap of faith, it will always pay off. When you look back on what God has done, how he's changed you because of taking that step, it'll pay off. You realize how good God is and how you didn't need to worry in the first place. And a couple of years ago in my life, was a moment where we're talking about this next gen expansion and like how we're going to give and what each of us are called to financially invest. And this has nothing to do with the commitment. I'm not asking for any money and in regards to that, but I just want you to see my experience with this and what God was speaking to me. Because in those moments where I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to give? How do you want to stretch me? He gave me a number, so I wrote it down. And he was like, this is the number I want you to give each month. 
for the next three years of this project. And I was like, what? And I was like, no, like I'm not ready for that. Like it's not, I don't have a lot to work with. Like this is a number you might give to somebody else. Like I'm not your guy. But God was like, this is what I want you to give. And he just asked for me to be obedient. It's not like he was asking me to give him a three-year plan exactly how it's going to make it work and what I'm going to do to make it happen. He said, just be obedient. Do what I'm asking you to do. So I said, yeah, okay. I'll do it. I don't know how it's going to end up. I might go broke doing this, but you asked me to do it. And so it's about a year and a half since then now. We've been making consistent monthly payments like he has asked us to do. And... It's not like it's gotten super easy now to do, but looking back, you start to see how God is just changing you. And for me, like, my attitude towards money is different. Like, the way that I trust the Lord is different. And every single month, I'm reminding myself that I'm trusting God and not me. It's building my faith and being obedient, taking a leap of faith is strengthening me. And is strengthening the next generation and what's happening here at NCC. And there have been moments where I've faced walls, where I thought, I don't know how I'm going to come up with the money for this. But God is not asking us to break down those walls on our own. He's saying, I'm doing this through you. I'm doing it through you. I'm doing this hand in hand with you. Those walls, that's not our problem. God's taking care of that. He's asked us to go on this journey, and along that path, God is going to clear the way. Every single time, God has shown himself faithful. He has brought in the provisions that was needed in those moments where it seemed confusing and really unsure. I'm telling you, when we're available and let God work in us, and we take take a step, take that leap of faith, and let him work through us, God will take care of it all. All those worries, all those insecurities, those walls we come up against, that's God's problem and he's gonna take care of that. Do you not think that God can break down any wall we will come up against? God is a good God and he's not just gonna ask us to go into some dark land all on our own and leave us there. He says, will you let me work through you? Take my hand and walk with me where I have for you. It's awesome. And when you get there, you're going to see it's so good for you. It's so good for other people. All we have to do is hold his hand, go along with him. Because God's not just sending us out. He's going along with us. It's his power through us. And so how silly to think that if we can't do it on our own power, then I can never do it. He hasn't called us to do it on our own power. God wants to do it through us in his power, the relationship we have with God. That's where it comes from. That's where victory comes from. It's not us, but it's God. And all we have to do, we don't give him a full plan of every single detail of how our life is going to make this happen. We just say, yeah, go ahead. Use me. God, I'm available. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. So use me and I will follow you. We hold so tightly to the things we think are our own or that we've earned for ourselves. But God has given us it all in the first place. So why can we not just trust him and take the leap of faith? He will prove himself faithful every single time. You feel uncomfortable? You feel unsure? 
You feel scared about taking this step, but I'm telling you, take the step and God will show himself faithful. He'll provide everything you need to, make, to see it done. See healing, see freedom, to see goodness on the other side. We just trust him.